Welcome to A Photographer's Life. The channel that takes you behind the curtain into the world of professional architectural photography. Join us now for a special episode with some of America's premier architectural photographers. Today's broadcast is part three of a three-part question and answer meeting. This meeting was held by the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers, and the discussion is led by AIAP Director Alan Blakely. We hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. Now, on with the show. Let me kind of switch gears if, if you don't mind here. And I'm just curious, is anybody here shooting medium format? Um, well, I started shooting with a Fuji 50S, yeah. Okay. And that's for a specific uh, product that we're doing. Okay. And, the, and the, my retoucher really likes the files. Uh, he, he's got a lot of depth in the um, shadow areas. It's almost like you hardly even have to bracket. Wow. I've heard it's a wonderful camera. Yeah. And a hundred also. Yeah, the hundred S. Um, and I just saw that there's there's a Metabones adapter that will allow you to use your Canon EF lenses on that camera. And it, it, it actually has a, an, a, a lens element in it that enlarges the image circle so that your Canon lenses will now produce an image circle large enough for that medium format sensor. Um, so you mean you could do a wide angle, like a proper 20 or 16 millimeter yeah. or something equivalent? And or, um, it, it seems to me that the, the adapter was in the seven dollars $800 range, um, but it does have the, you know, a lens element of it or, or probably multiple elements in there for, um, for enlargement in order to make that lens uh, usable on that larger format. So that was wow. kind of compelling because I mean, for, the, for me, the the stumbling block for, to go to medium format is that I can't use my tilt shift lenses. And I mentioned this to you a while ago, Alan, that when I talked to the rep for Fuji, this is like three years ago. Uh -huh. He said the tilt shift quality on the edges wasn't great, but maybe that's changed by now. Maybe that's what you're saying. I need to do a little bit of research. Uh, and see if the quality is, is going to, you're going to have confidence in the quality of the edges on a tilt shift on the Fuji. Yeah. Other, other than that, it's, yeah, it's been a great camera. Does yeah, everybody it's... here use tilt shift? Or do they, they use a, a, a prime and then correct it in, uh, in software? That's what I'm still doing. Okay. I have a 20 and then I correct, but I've trained my eyes so much to be able to see. That, unless I'm specifically tilting up for the correction of posting it later or correcting it later in post, I don't run into a lot of things that I need to correct. So it yeah, does a little bit here and there, but my yeah. eyes are, yeah. The one thing with the tilt shift is you don't have any barrel distortion at all. Um, even with that Canon 20 millimeter lens, the prime lens, if you look at that when you pull it in, um, depending on the orientation of the camera, I think it's uh, the left side. You always get little little barrels. The left top, you get a little barrel distortion. Yeah, I was. Getting and you that. can correct that with software, but not not a hundred percent with the tilt tilt shift. You don't have any of that. Um, I'm just curious how many you're using tilt shift. Yeah, I use a 24 on a Canon 24, and I just bought the 17. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's all I use are tilt shift lenses. Um, yeah, I've been meaning because I shoot with a D850, a D800, and then I have the 20 for interiors, and then I just kind of switch between my primes for exteriors. 
Yeah, and Gosh, I use the 16 to 35 most of the time and then just correct and post. Yeah, I, I still have, um, I have, uh, I, I always keep it in my bag. I, I have an old Sony, um, it's an APS sensor camera um, with an 11 millimeter lens on it. And uh, it, it's, it's tack sharp. Um, I can get a 20 by 30 image out of it if I needed to, yeah. but, I, but I still use it. I mean, because sometimes I'll be in a situation where my, my 20 or my 17 just isn't wide enough and I need that little bitty X, that little extra. Mm. So I call it my, my secret weapon. I shoot uh, powder rooms with it all the time. And, yeah. and, 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 it's the, and the lens itself is really rectilinear and the software <clears throat> eliminates all the, all the distortion. But, but I'm with Alan, if you're using tilt shift, you don't have any of those problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and one thing too about the, the tilt shift is I, I tend to shoot from a camera elevation that's not very high, especially interiors. Um, I'm not shooting eye level when I shoot interiors. And so um, I've got to have that correction. And for me, if I, if I end up shooting with a lens other than a tilt shift, it, it just doesn't ever correct. Uh, properly for my eye so that's mm. you know i'm i'm always you know down waist level or or so <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know that i shoot that low but yeah I, i'm i'm certainly not eye level yeah. well you, I, you do get the image circle the full image circle with tilt i do have tilt chips yeah mm -hmm. but yeah no, Sorry, my main I, no it's fine my main hesitation has been my eyes don't work so a lot of times when i'm looking through my camera i'm blurry. I can't fully see everything sharp until I get it home and then put my glasses on. So I, I, which is really weird. I've shot that way for years until I realized what was actually going on. So for those little shifts and those little details, I've actually, until I can fully get my glasses to where, or my eyes to where I can see it, I'm afraid of shifting it too far one way or the other, which is why I tend to stick specifically with the one lens. You know, I, I use my tilt shifts um, probably to the extreme as far as the way that I manipulate that, that front lens element. Um, I spent so many years shooting four by five that I'm, you know, I'm still used to setting up the camera where I want the viewpoint to be from and then framing that by moving that, that element around. And okay. so um it's i don't do just a, a rise and a shift with that lens it's it's a combination of the two to get that image circle where i need it so for me it's really indispensable i think also the later versions of all these tilt shifts have gotten much sharper oh, yeah much better than the originals yeah tremendously yeah especially like the canon 24 the, yeah. the, the first one was fairly soft um not much good for anything, but maybe burning ants. I don't know. Um, it, <laughs> it was no, I mean, bad lands. <laughs> God. Yeah, I've really come to appreciate the sharpness now. But then I, I have to say, uh, every now and then when I've screwed up, I throw that Topaz uh, sharpening software at exactly. it. And yeah. God, it's a miracle. It has just made me look like a much better photographer than I was. <laughs> Otherwise, before <laughs> I use topaz on everything, I um, and uh, I've yeah. never heard of it. What does it do? Oh my gosh, well, they've they're, got 
their yeah. plugins. Um, and you can run them independently, but in fact, um, we have a discount code for Topaz. I think it's 25% off. Let me look here really quick. Um, and they also have sales. That's what I did. They had a sale yeah. at the end of last year and I just, I scooped everything up. All yeah, that, yeah. yeah that, I did that as well. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to find that. So what, they, what they have while you're looking is they have one for sharpening, one for noise reduction, which is superb. They're all superb. Uh, one for making the image bigger, way bigger. Uh, and then the video one. And the way that I got turned on to it, um, I don't know if this is a name drop or not. If you if you know who uh, Mac Holbert is or R. Mac Holbert, um, he is a, uh, um, well, I'll tell you who he is in a minute. But anyway, he suggested it to me because I was talking about what it was then the new, um, you know, super expando capabilities of Photoshop, which they spent a lot of time promoting, you know, that you could, just uh, increase the size of an image by twice without any loss, particularly. And he said it was shit. Uh, he said, get Topaz, don't mm -hmm. screw around. So Mac Holbert is one of the people that literally invented digital printing. Um, his, he, he was Nash, he was uh, him and Graham Nash was Nash editions. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, and so he, he's in Oregon now and his uh, business partner, Stan Smith, used to run the digital lab at the Getty Museum. Um, oh, I knew and got a tour back there and boy, talk about some nice equipment, <laughs> man, oh man. Anyway, so Mac is uh, sponsored by Epson and does a lot of teaching. He's very smart. He's a, he's a very nice man, by the way. If you ever get a chance to uh, attend any of his seminars or webinars or whatever he's doing. So his advice is rock solid. He knows. And, uh, you know, he prints for David Hockney. He, he prints for Stephen Wilkes. He prints for museums all over the world. So um, they've got quite a, uh, they're in Ashland. They have a, they have a nice setup. It's very industrial. So, I mean, it's just business. And um, you guys, you talk a lot about noise reduction. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't seem to have a problem with noise and, um, and anything we shoot. Are you guys shooting at a high ISO when you do architectural? Well, I use it when I'm in trouble. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not in trouble, but if I'm in trouble, it's really nice to have it. Yeah, I, I, I do some stuff like if I'm doing um, dusk with a drone, I'm going to have oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to yeah. have noise. And yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. This uh, new Topaz denoise is a miracle. Um, the discount code I posted on the chat there, it's AIAP25 with mm -hmm. no space. And that's a 25% discount on the Topaz products. Um, but I use the denoise, well, I for virtually everything actually, because you'd be surprised um, the the noise that you'll see after you run that product and, and compare it to the original. Okay. <laughs> you think you don't have noise? Yeah, you've got noise. So and you know uh, it sharpens a little bit. That's what yes. I noticed the first time. So it sometimes I never I don't use the sharpening very much because that mm -hmm. denoise and it's got controls you can really massage how yeah. much you want it to work or not and yeah yeah i had a photo shoot i did um it was um at a, uh, a planetarium and i was at 3200 iso and it i mean the and i had deep shadows and it just looked awful and uh i ran it through the denoise 
and it looked like I'd shot it at a hundred ISO. It was yeah. just amazing. Yeah. And you could crop in on things too. So, and then that, that's when you really start to see noise. Um, yeah. And the, the gigapixel plugin that the, you've been talking about, Barry, I've used that only a few times, but I've, it's when I've needed to enlarge dramatically yeah. and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, also I got for, this is not what we do, but um, I'm involved with a, uh, I'm on the board that licenses the intellectual property of somebody who took a lot of photographs in the 30s in uh, Bali with a, 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 an early Leica, 1934 Leica. So, you know, those pictures are a little grainy sometimes. And yeah. I was asked, uh, we were asked to license some of the stuff to a museum. And so I took some of those images to make them bigger um, and make them look good. And I saw them printed and I was just floored. So, you know, you can go back into your archives and sometimes rescue things that right. you might want to use or just do, do a nice thing for a friend or whatever. Um, it's, just, it's just such smart, it's AI, right? This is AI for the benefit of humanity as opposed to AI that's going to steal your identity. <laughs> and, and I rely on those different AI models pretty heavily because um, I can mess with it a bunch, but some of those models just do it for me automatically yeah. so well. Um, yeah, worth looking into, definitely. It's changed uh, the way my work looks dramatically. I wish I'd had it years ago. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's similar to, in a way, the, the healing tool in, in Photoshop has now become so incredibly smart and good uh, that I use the cloning tool less if I have to fix something that's or get rid of something, uh, telephone pole, though, that kind of thing. Yeah. Pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah. All right, I've got, I'm at their website, I'm downloading, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've never noticed any, you know, Alan, no, you'll notice it won't, we'll see. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was surprised because I reprocessed a few things and I thought, oh, geez, should I re-deliver this, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, I've had, I've had that thought, um, I, I don't. If they're not complaining, I'm a and they're still hiring me. I'm a happy fellow. I mean, yeah. sometimes I will actually. If it's really, if a, if a picture is just so much improved for some reason, then I will send it to them. And then you look like a hero because oh, yeah. they didn't know there was a problem. They didn't ask for it. And now you've done this thing, right? But now there's the expectation that you're going to do photographs. Yeah. The it's it's always nice when you can. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody here does that. You know, you look at your work um, five years ago and you look at your work today and you're thinking, wow, what a difference, you know? And I, I thought that too, you know, the client's still using that picture, but I should, <laughs> I should do it. <laughs> I had a client just uh, two weeks ago. I was, um, there's a client that I have, we're doing a, a, a big video production for, they're an architectural client and they, they've re redone their um, commercial space. They're an interior design firm commercially. And there's like four or five family members that own the business and, and was in the parking lot getting my car. And the, one of the owners came out and he says, he goes, <laughs> I never, I've only seen him three times. He goes, you're our photographer, aren't you? I said, yeah. And I went over and met him again. And he said, did you shoot this project in, in St. Charles in 2017? I, and I told him, yeah, I even told him the month I did it. And he gets his iPad out and he thumbs to a picture. He goes, this picture here has made me a million dollars. <laughs> a million dollars. And he shakes my hand. Maybe it makes your day. 
Yeah, and I came back, on film. I came back to the office and I, I showed it to Mary Beth and Mary Beth looks at it and she goes, oh, we could do better now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're thinking, oh, should we redo it? Um, but, uh, wow. You know, that's that's the thing that's exciting about what we do. And I think that's why we stay in it so long is it just gets better and gets better. And uh, like what you're telling me here, I, I can't wait to try this stuff when this Zoom meeting's over. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, also I think like, like Alan was saying, you sometimes... Uh, you have to shoot using a high ISO for some reason. And, and no matter how good the cameras are, 3,200, you know, or 32,000, you're just yeah. going to have some noise and you're going to have some lack of sharpness. And so if you can get it to a point that it's commercially viable, man, you could shoot handheld, you know. Um, yeah, I, I'm always shooting at, at super low ISOs um, oh, yeah. just to avoid noise. And there have been plenty of times when I wish I, you know, even at, you know, I won't even shoot at eight, 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 at 800 because, you know, I can see it. Um, you will now. Yeah. I same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly. Yeah. It, it, it changed the way I look at things now because if I have to shoot an architectural shot with people in it, I don't have any problem shooting that at 400 now. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't and do that either. sure that I've got people are sharp and, um, that works out just fine because I know I can clean it up. Yeah, I think dusk shots in particular because I've had some situations where I mistimed how much time I really had before I lost the good yeah. blue sky or something like that. And I'm out there <laughs> shooting in the practically in the dark going, oh my God, I uh, <laughs> even on a tripod, I'm having to crank it up to 800, you know, and shooting yeah. it up a F8. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> doing all the things I don't really want to have to do. And so knowing I got that software that'll just get me over the line, it's just a little. Mm -hmm. And it would help if there were better sensors out there. I'm sure hoping that happens this year. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm just, I wish Ken and, uh, and Nikon would, would just have better sensors. I don't know. I have never shot a Sony, so I don't know. I understand that those are better as far as noise. Yeah, the the well, the sensor that's in a Sony is the same. The sensor that's in the Nikon is a Sony sensor. The same. Oh, yeah, right? Nikon uses yeah. Sony sensors. Yeah. Um, but the the new Sony sensors that were and I'm, I think it's a seven, seven R four is the new one. Yeah. Is that right? That's what we're using yeah. for video here. Um, with those, <laughs> my nephew came in here with uh with some new Zeiss lenses for that Sony camera. Mm -hmm. And um, so we put it on a tripod and we, you know, I shot what I always use for architectural. And then he uses, he put the, the, the Zeiss lens on there. It is so much sharper than, wow. than I mean, it, it I, you laugh out loud. It, it's, uh, it's almost too sharp, but mm -hmm. it's so much sharper. Um, it, you also get more sort of, 3d-ness out of it right you get a little more depth in the I, I don't know that, i don't know that i would use it very for architectural because i like using wow. i like using older cameras and lenses for architectural mm. i like the way it looks i like the i won't even i don't shoot a my the 5d or the 1dx right or the dx what is it 1dx i don't shoot that for architectural mm. because um i think that i think they're too analytical they uh show too many um artifacts in the digital in the picture yeah. The, um, well, the SR, which is what I shoot, is yeah. doesn't have an anti-aliasing filter, which I sometimes wish it did. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah, I shoot the same camera, and I I agree. Yeah. 
the R5 is doesn't have that mm -hmm. and is supposed to have a better sensor as well. I'm trying to justify spending yet another four grand on yet another body. Actually, they've come down tremendously in price. Oh, have they? Yeah, they're about uh -huh. two now. Really? Yeah. R5? Yeah, or I, just, or whatever. I just looked on B&H yesterday, and, and as I recall, they were around $2,000 for the body. Is, oh. is that because they're going to be replaced soon? Or? I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's an ancient camera. It's been out for like two years, right? Three ancient. Years. I, I shoot with a, a 900 and 850. <laughs> I think it was a 10 years old. Uh, I, I had a, you know, but I like them. I like the results. So I, yeah. I you know, until I see better for what the you know but yeah i've got an a6500 sony that i is my kind of walk around camera and i'm startled by how good um that is and i had a fuji xt2 um and i was floor the, the glass the yeah. fuji glass yeah it's good good stuff it's really good yeah. man the, the i got rid of it though because it had all a bunch of knobs on the top because it's a retro style and they move they just freaking move. And when you're doing documentary work or, or you know, it's not a problem when you're doing architecture and things just sitting there on a tripod and you're not. But if you're carrying this thing around and the knobs start to move and suddenly your settings are all shot, you go, fuck. So I, I gave up. I just said I didn't care about the quality of the glass at that point because I wasn't even getting the shot. Anyway, that's sorry. Sorry. We've, I've digressed. <laughs> Um, anything else before we wrap up here? This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody that's been, been on. This is always a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be every Friday morning or every other Friday morning. <laughs> Why do you do this only once a month? <laughs> well, oh, we try. We do this once a month. Um, I, I think for most of us, that's probably yeah, once a month. Great, yeah. As much as we can squeeze out, I know. Oh, it yeah. Um, so. Um, Thanks to everybody that's joined us on this. I'll uh, I'll be posting this here probably within the next week, and um, uh, I don't know that we'll do much editing on it. I, I it'll be interesting. Uh, this uh, just so you know, uh, these uh, the YouTube videos that we post um, they do get some traffic mostly from our membership, but the podcast traffic has been through the roof on this which i find oh, wow. really interesting we've got people listening to this all over the world so That's great, wow. though. it's really That's kind awesome. of been fun i mean we i got a congratulations from spotify just recently on, wow. <laughs> on the number of downloads so wow. um, yeah it's interesting but but thanks to everyone and uh i hope that you have a um, you know a good april and uh stay safe and i will send you an announcement for the next one if you've got anything you'd like to talk about, let me know. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Take care. This has been another episode of A Photographer's Life. If you've enjoyed this program, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. A Photographer's Life is brought to you by the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This episode is copyrighted and may not be used in full or in part without the written permission of the AIAP. Please join us again soon for another inside look at the world of professional architectural photography.